Hey everybody, welcome to the Chinchilla Pickin' Podcast. It is July the 29th, 2021. We hope to always be entertaining, educational, uplifting, because we want everyone to make money. Brandon is back. Brandon, how are you doing? I'm glad you're back, I am doing good. I had a great vacation with some great people, and I am happy to be back with the Chinchilla Pickers. Right? Hey, yes, yes. Love to hear that. You showed you shared some pictures that you got really close to some deer and bear. Yeah, getting close to the wildlife out there, man. So story, okay. We were going out onto this hike, well, a little historical trail, and about a quarter of a mile from the trail was a black bear and her three cubs. Now I said to my girlfriend, I was like, "Hey, we don't have to go on this hiking trail if you want," and she she was like. No, it's okay. We can go. We're safe because we're with you. Uh-huh. True story. Oh, okay, true story. Yeah, so don't, she, she hasn't hung out with you much, right? Don't You're ask her. Boy. Don't You're ask her boy. about this, okay? Don't ask her. You don't need to ask her. Just take it from me. That's what she said. All right? So we go out on this trail. And then, cool thing, I'm coming back, and then some people were like, hey, look behind you. It's a deer. And, like, 10 feet away from me was a deer. It was awesome. All right? But then I turn around, and there's that mama bear. There's that mama bear, and she rears back, and with a look of anger in her eye, and then I just pull up my fist, you know, and then she looks at me, and she's just in her eyes. You can see it. There's fear, much like what the money Vikings have right now because of our contest that's coming up on Monday, that fear, of, that respect and that fear, and I just, I right hook, right in the jaw. She spit her teeth out, and she ran away, and she talked, and she said, Brandon... I will never mess with you again. And then, first of all, that's an awful story because you're hitting the animal. All right. <laughs> Second of all, <laughs> completely untrue because I know you. <laughs> I love it though. I love it. I the love kids it. were horrified. They were somebody, please help that bear. That was... <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Well, hey, I'm just glad you're back. Uh, we got a great show planned, a lot of information, a lot of information, a lot of things happened this past week that we want to cover. Um, so let's go over the rules, right? Rules, rules, rules. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows rules. Brandon and I get together about five to 10 minutes before the show and we tell each other what we're going to talk about. We do not discuss it. We go ahead and create some kind of outline for the show. We go ahead and start the show and that's what it is. And we decide who goes first. Brandon gets to go first this week because he's going to start off with an announcement. Brandon, go ahead. Take the reins. Give us that big announcement. We have a friendly competition going on with the Money Vikings. We're going to take $3,000. They're going to take $3,000. And we're going to make some picks. And it starts August, the first week of August, correct? And then we're going to the first week week of December? Okay. Yep. So, and then we're going to track like how much money we've made or how much money we've lost. We're going to make money. Percentage. Yeah. Percentage Percentage wise, percentage gains. And then uh, just a little friendly competition. That we're going to win. That we're going to win. And it's not fair. It's not. I mean, they don't stand a chance. I I offered to send them ginseng for their brains, for brain power. I I don't think it's going to help, man. I'm trying to be fair. It's. We might we might have to say, you know, only one of us will pick right now. You know, let's get you guys ahead. So I want to use one brain, and maybe that might work. I don't know. We'll see. 
It's 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 those 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 guys on the West Coast versus us over here. It's West Coast East Coast is what it is, man. It is. I don't know the Cincinnati East Coast. I, uh, I guess everybody thinks it's Midwest we're part, here. Uh, we're we're like right on the middle. We're right right there. We could be either either one really. Right. So <laughs> here we go. The, the the battle of the pickers. Money Vikings versus Chinchillas. Will they, will they outdo us? No, no. Not a chance. No, no. Not a chance. No. There's two of us and three of them. You would think that would be unfair, but like, if you think that's unfair, you don't know us. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And we're going to we're gonna keep everybody, uh, in I guess, tracking this or in line of posting kind of what we, how well we do versus them. So, good to see. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm yeah, excited. Me too. First competition sponsored uh sponsored by uh, the gentleman who was on the show last week mark stanelli uh, private contractor you know go with mark there you go good times brandon hit us off all right First subject go ahead well i listened to some uh of the earnings releases over the week so we're going to dive into those a little bit um you know, everybody's been dealing with high end. Was that an Olympic joke? Was that an Olympic joke? Dive in, you know? Dive in. Oh, yeah, the Olympics are on, aren't they? Are you serious? Boring. Oh, wow. Boring. Wow. Boring. I'll pay more attention when they go to Beijing in the winter because I still own Baidu. So. They're okay, gonna, yeah, right? Yeah. And then Didi's going to provide all the transportation for everyone. Right. So it's all good for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, everybody's been dealing with the high cost of inflation and. You know, you have to really be looking at companies that are able to manage that. And the best managed company in the world, bar none, in my opinion, is Apple. Uh, in the question and answer session yesterday, he was asked about inflation. And he was like, um, well, I'm paying more for delivery than I'd like to pay for it. And then, he, and then he comes out and says, our component costs are going down. Well, you know, you got to look. Two years ago, they made the genius move of becoming one of the world's largest semiconductor manufacturers. They make it for themselves. Go ahead. You have no, thought? I, I, I don't oh. have anything. Man. Okay. I mean, they, yeah, they. It was a genius move, and you see it playing out today. And, it, and what's happened with the semiconductors and there's shortages everywhere, and they're building new plants for these the semiconductors, and governments are paying for them, and. They're making money hand over fist right now, and since Amazon makes their own, they're making money hand over fist and savings, cost savings. June quarter. Penny saved is a penny earned. The June quarter was a record revenue of $81.4 billion. That's up 36% year over year. The quarterly earnings per diluted share was $1.30. Their gross margin stayed above 40%, which is that magic number that I love so much. That's a that's a pretty hefty margin there, man. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean th that's one of the main reasons why I like Apple's company, but that has to do with their services. And that's why I keep going back to it. It's not a phone company anymore, guys. This is more of a services company. They make the money and the margins off of selling you cloud music, off of selling you um, the access to, you, if you want to download this, then you got to have the Apple I whatever to fit that, you know, and, and mm -hmm. that's how they make money. And with Apple, uh, hovering close to its 52-week highs, if you were thinking about selling it, you got your answer on that earnings call, and it's a no. You keep Apple, in my opinion. I If 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 I'm going to get into Apple, I'm going to wait for a little bit of a pullback if you don't already own it. But if you own it right now, you're not going to sell it. 
That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, if you, ex, work, I don't even need to say it. You just said it. If you own it, hold it. If you don't own it and you want to buy it, wait for a dip and then buy it on mm-hmm. a dip. Facebook's earnings, uh, I think that was yesterday, if I remember right. I listened to a lot, so they kind of blended in. But Facebook's earnings, they were like the most interesting thing. It was like it was like watching a TED Talk, okay? Because you, uh, like, you, can, play a drinking, you can play a drinking game and take a shot every time uh, every time Mark Zuckerberg said the word metaverse. And that's because Facebook is transitioning in the next five years. He said they will not be a social media company anymore. They will be a metaverse company. The metaverse apparently is going to be an internet that you virtually live in through their virtual reality goggles. He said it'll take several years to build out the metaverse experience. They're going to make money by selling virtual goods and advertising and other virtual experiences. They're going to sell their glasses, but they're going to sell their glasses for low cost as possible because they want everybody to access this new metaverse. And I mean, like this is just, it's a brand new idea. The stock tanked. Well, I wouldn't say tanked. It dropped. Um, Probably because of the uncertainty over transitioning this, the transitioning this really successful social media and really profitable social media company into something new that investors don't yet know. Go ahead. All right. So I got a number of things here. A number of things. Are you ready for this, man? Yeah. First of all, this isn't new and this isn't not been around. It is live today. I have VR headsets. I have a VR place. There are games in VR where I can play with other people where I can buy upgrades. Just like if you have a console and you're in Red Dead Redemption 2, you can buy certain add-ons to that. Am I right? Right. 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 But the, like, it's, so it's a build-off of that. It's the but... same thing. But what you're looking at is you're looking at an actual world, like in Ready Player One, a livable free Roman world which we've created in other games. Uh, this is just one that is in virtual reality. You go in this virtual world and you just buy add-ons, right? So if, if you look at it, say like World of Warcraft, right? Here's where I see a good opportunity for a normal person to make money, right? Because in World of Warcraft, if you join in at the very beginning of that coming out and you created this really high up character and you had all kinds of weapons, you could sell them off for tens of thousands of dollars to all kinds of of gamers with lots of money. You might be able to do the same thing here with this virtual reality and the way uh, Zuckerberg wants to set it up. Now you say a metaverse. There are already rooms where I could go in and meet with my friends in virtual reality and hang out with other people live right now. Really? That that already exists. That's that's here in life. I can already play live online player games. There are in fact competitions right now. This already exists. What he's talking about is combining it all into one easy flowing system and i see yes he can do that and it's going to happen and it was going to happen eventually and he's probably just going to on top of sell you add-ons or sell you this really cool gun that you can play in the shooting game um they're probably going to have advertisements right there in your headset i i I can see that happening as well yeah well there's i mean just there's uncertainty around the cost of the whole thing how many people they can get to to cooperate with them because it's not going to be just Facebook that's able to do this. It's going to have to be a collaboration of all of America's top tech companies um, that see the same vision that Zuckerberg does. Apparently, so Unreal Engine is a company that has worked on Call of Duty. 
Unreal Engine has also created lots of VR games for Oculus and partnered with them. They already have some of the top tech talent in, the, in the United States working with them on, on experiences and, and games right now. And they've had some experiences that they've released in virtual reality. They've just worked, they were misses. But that's going to happen with a new system like this and a, a new product, you know. But they've had some that were hits. One of my favorite you know? stocks, Tencent, owns portions of or a portion of uh, the Unreal Engine, so right? <laughs> I mean, so you, I mean, my thing is that he's he's building the foundation with the Oculus Quest systems for for this to happen. You know, mm -hmm. they already have test runs of 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 what do you call them? Suits, VR suits. Mm -hmm. I have, you I got have one. some here. I've shown, yeah, I've shown you it. I've it was had, awesome. I, I played with it. Come to my house, put it on, and play. It's fun. But they also have newer ones that just came out that are full on instead of just a vest and gloves and separate pieces, one suit you put on and fits to you. And it actually feels just like you saw in the movie Ready Player One. However, the company that is coming out with this are currently they're only gonna make one thousand of them and they're selling them for over twenty thousand each. Oh wow. That's crazy. Yeah, so it's expensive. It's expensive, right? Yeah, I mean, they're... even the suit I have is expensive. Just the vest alone, if you're going to go get the vest, is $500. You know, and then if you get the feet and the other add-ons with it, I mean, just it adds up quick to where you're putting on the gear that's like, you know, $1,500 for everything that you're wearing. And it's, But is it fun? Oh, yes. it's blast, yeah. It's, it's addicting. It's fun. So, yeah, I, I see where Zuckerberg is going with it. He's going to just like the movie. Ready Player One, and they've, all, they've and they've got a deal with Ray Ban to release their next pair of virtual reality glasses. So, getting a little bit fashionable there with it as well. Because we all care what we look like when our eyes are completely covered and we're inside the virtual reality, <laughs> right? <laughs> and surprise. Okay, so next subject here. This is a surprise to everybody because I rarely ever actually call buys on this podcast. I do it, but I don't do it every week, you know. But I'm going to call a few here. And the next three stocks that I say, I want you to choose two out of the three so that you can stay diversified. Do I have to choose two, Brandon? Or? Yes, you do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like Delta. All right. Delta Airlines, they reported great earnings. All right. Management expecting profitability in the third and fourth quarters of this year. Domestic leisure traveled has gone above and beyond 2019 levels. And corporate travel, business travel, has doubled over the past three months. So I think Delta is a buy. We're not back to its old highs yet. I think we're going to get there. I think the existence of zoom and microsoft teams those are headwinds for delta no doubt but they are overplayed in my opinion do you do you not see the headwind of the international scene because the international has not opened up like uss no um, so you see that as a i see that as a major headwind it is a major headwind but it's going to happen uh next week the uk is going to drop supposedly they're going to drop um Quarantine, uh, quarantine uh, regulations for U.S. travelers. So travel restrictions from U.K. are dropping. Europe is expected to be next. So gotcha. we're getting there. 
So you're you're, you're seeing a, a positive trend forward for these airlines. Yes. Dr. Scott Gottlieb of uh, from CNBC said that uh, we're probably about two or three weeks away from peak Delta cases. So there's pro- there might be some more COVID scares between now and then. Uh, and I think you're just buying a pullback. I, I got PTSD from all the doctors calling peaks and valleys of COVID mm-hmm. last year to really take him seriously. Now, Scott Gottlieb, if you guys don't know, he is on the board of Pfizer. He is on a, a few other boards. He's very, he's a very smart individual. Um, so yeah, I, I do, I do like when he gives advice because, you know, before Pfizer got approved for the vaccine, he was on CNBC and he shouldn't have said this, but he's like, Pfizer looks pretty good right now because I have <laughs> probably some big news coming out next week. Um, so, I mean, the guy, the guy's very smart. Uh, I'll give him that. And he is a doctor and I'm not, um, you know, but I, I just, the, everybody tried to call like when COVID was going to peak last year. So I don't know if you could call it that. Um, yeah. I, I know the vaccines here in America are, are resilient against the Delta variant. Yeah. So he was looking at UK's peak, and UK has already peaked, and he was saying, all right, here's the amount of time that it usually takes for the United States to peak after the UK does. And then ju- based on that, we're looking two to three weeks out for Delta variant. It's not been gotcha. in the news really that much in the past couple of days, but that it'll it'll peak its head up again. People start talking about it, peak cases of Delta, so, I mean, if you get a pullback on that, I think you buy. I really do want you in Delta. So, actually, I'm going to change what I said. I'm going to say buy Delta and then pick one out of the next two, Lockheed Martin or Raytheon. You pick Raytheon if you're really, really bullish on airlines going forward because a larger amount of their portfolio comes from travel and fixing the aircraft and stuff like that from domestic travel. Uh, Lockheed Martin, if you if you kind of want to shy a little bit more away from that, Listen, I think the fact of the matter is we need, I, I, I hate saying this, but we need to modernize our military. And that's the one thing that Democrats and Republicans will come together on. So I'm going to, if, if you're forcing me to pick between those two, um, uh, just on the record, neither of these are my picks. I'm just going off of, you know, if I have to pick, if I had to pick between these two, I would go with Lockheed Martin. And it's because in the news recently, Russia was, Doing some missile tests. The U.S. was doing some missile tests. They were uh, saber rattling, if you will. And there's been some other international news of, of countries saber rattling against the United States. The United China. States is pulling out, out, out of Afghanistan. So that means we're not going to have troops. So what are we going to use instead? We're going to use a lot more missiles. So we're going to shoot from the sea off of our destroyers that are and battleships that are, 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 you know, sailing around the world there. So that means who's going to make money? Lockheed Martin off the missiles. Mm-hmm. And so that if I was going to pick between the two, I would I would pick more on Lockheed Martin versus uh, Raytheon. Uh, because of COVID, I believe a lot of people, a lot of tensions uh, calmed down, and we didn't have too many uh, escalations as, as we have had in the past. That's true. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I like both of them. But, like, I think I do actually kind of side with you on the Lockheed Martin. Um. And I actually picked up shares of Delta and, and Lockheed Martin. I don't have Raytheon right now, but I do like Raytheon. Just so you know. What's wrong? <laughs> nothing, man. Nothing. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. <laughs> All right. Another stock here that I'm saying is a buy. DR Horton. America's home builder. Okay. Largest home builder in the United States. 
All right, so let's talk a little bit about their recent earnings. Net income per diluted share increased 78% to $3.06. Granted, pretty easy comparables compared to last year, but net income attributable to DR Horton increased 77% to $1.1 billion. Consolidated revenues increased 35% to $7.3 billion. Consolidated pre-tax income increased 81% to $1.4 billion. Homes closed, incre- uh, you know, people buying homes, closing on their houses, that increased 35% in value to $7 billion on 21,588 homes closed on. They repurchased 2.6 million shares of common stock for $241.2 million. They've still got a lot in the tank as far as being able to buy back shares goes. Now, one of the worries here, one of the headwinds, lumber costs, that's been in the news lately. It started to come down a little bit. I actually think that lumber costs will come back down to earth uh, eventually. But right now, in the medium term, it's going to be a headwind. But one of the reasons why it's a headwind, companies like DR Horton, specifically to DR Horton here, there's 32,200 homes in backlog ready to be bought. So you're going to have the lumber cost, I think, stay stable around where it's at right now. Maybe even go up a little bit more as those 32,200 homes get built and get bought. Go ahead. All right. Dave's raising his hand. (laughs) Um, With this as well, there's also a labor shortage. So you don't have as many framers right now. So there are certain building sites, like I'll I'll just talk about here locally in Cincinnati, where they're in a pause. They don't have enough framers or roofers. They don't have enough drywallers. There's there's not enough actual people building the houses with with skilled labor available. You know, companies have even gone on record saying that we're going to, hire we're going to hire in people with that are not qualified with no experience and train them ourselves because we just can't get people so here's the play on this stock okay because i think that we're going to come out on the other end of that i think all these shortages are going to resolve themselves i want you to hold it until they do because i think how, how are they, so hold on i want to pause and take a side road here like i i i hate when people brush over this issue how are they how are these labor shortages just going to magically solve themselves well they're gonna have to either raise the costs of hiring people by paying more money to now hire how, them how do you raise the cost of, of wages how's the company raise cost of wages where's that cost come from how do they pay for that from their profitability right but it's gonna happen not we're that, not gonna not stay in this situation gonna forever the they're gonna raise the prices well yeah but you can raise prices on houses it happens right. all the time right so most companies are having to uh, raise wages, right? So now that yeah. most companies are raising prices. Yeah. So really, did you get a wage raise? No, you didn't. So okay, we're all, we're going to agree on this. We're going to agree on this. But for, but they will. Dr. So Horton's going to come out on the other side. The economy goes. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just I just hate when people gloss over labor shortage or as I'm going to talk about later on GDP numbers and but we're going to, and just gloss over it real but quick. But these shortages will if they're allowed to without any more interference from government they will resolve themselves. It'll have it will have, we're not going to be in the situation forever. And then once it does that's when you sell the Art Horton because then I think the PE which right now is under 10 will go higher. 
And I think it I think it deserves about a 13, in my opinion. Okay. Company Sorry. also, you know, you're good. They're also, their remaining stock repurchase authorization as of the end of June is still $758.8 million. So they're still going to buy back a lot of stocks here. And... You know, I do think interest rates are going to go up too. That's another that's another headwind. I do think eventually interest rates will go up, but I don't think that we are at the end of this housing boom. I think the fact that they have such a backlog of homes to build increases the length of time that this housing boom is going to last for the home gotcha. builders. So gotcha. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Dr. Horton right now. I you know what I I was really I'm really frustrated that they shot up over 4% today because I was going to add them to our picks with the Money Vikings. And I was going to say buy them on the show. And, I, you know, I was hoping they would stay flat so that I could say it, buy it on this show. And then, like, in the next couple days, they would shoot up 4%. But they're in a position right now where I think that they've got uh, a lot of room to run. And I also believe that you might even get a pullback tomorrow because that was a 4% run today and some people are going to sell. So you get a pullback tomorrow, you start dipping your toes into the stock. I think you're going to be fine. Cool. I like it as well. Uh, for me though, real estate, uh, Zillow is the biggest play. They're going to be the, uh, probably one of the biggest renters in the United States in the next uh, three to four years. Uh, one out of every uh, four renters of homes will be renting a Zillow home. Really? That's what I'm thinking. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I like Zillow too. I think a safer plays DR Horton, but I think that like maybe if you're going for growth in real estate, then Zillow definitely. Yeah. Hey, Zillow's buying up homes right and left, dude. You, you can't. You, I mean, they're just they're buying that, up homes, they're renting them out, or they're flipping them. One of the well, two. yeah, because you can rent for high. Like you, you can uh, charge yeah. a lot for rent right now. So when you when you get when you find uh, when you see an advertisement for a house for rent on Zillow, you know, and and it's got this this agent there who's gonna rent it to you, you know, I mean, that could just that house could be owned by Zillow. You just don't know it yet. Yeah. I mean, eventually they're just gonna come out and say, yes, we own X amount of millions of houses that we've been renting out. I like Rocket Mortgage too, but I'm not gonna tell you to buy the stock where it's at right now. I'd, I'd rather wait on that. Yep. All right, and then we have a listener question here. One of my buddies sent me a text. Uh-oh, uh-oh, listen, oh, question. He wanted to what? ask about high tide stock, H-I-T-I. There's not... High tide stock, you go first. There's, not really, right there's not really all that much information on this. This is a pretty recent company. Um, one of the red flags for me right now, they're, they're going all in. They're doing, you know, all or nothing for them. And that only works for a few companies. Only only a few people can be Amazon and overspend and then still wind up being amazing. And they are just acquiring, acquiring, and acquiring. And they have not made a profit yet. And that, that makes... I'm, call me old-fashioned, okay? But I think profit is your resource to build on. That's where you start your, your foundation. I, like I said, call me old-fashioned. Not a lot of silicone or silicon stocks or, you know, companies agree with this. But I think you need to build your profitability first and then build off of that. That's what I like. High Tide is not doing that. I think that if you're going into marijuana stocks, 
If you want to still be risky with it, I would redirect you to Grow Generation Corporation. I'm, you know what? I'm going to admit this. Two weeks ago, Jim Cramer actually did the same thing and recommended the stock. I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying if you're going to go high risk, I like GRWG better. They have a profit margin of 26.95% which is better than a lot of, of, uh, of marijuana companies right now. All right. But if you want to be safe about it, then you buy Constellation Brands because of their investment in canopy, canopy growth. Um, you know, the return on equity for Constellation Brands is only about 10%. I like 15%, so I'd wait for a pullback on that as well. But the safest play for me is Constellation Brands. If you don't want to be safe, if you want to go and try to hit that home run, then I like Grow Generation Corporation better. All right, so what I just checked out of the high tide, guys, it just gapped up recently to 13, came back down. That's what stocks like this does. When, when they take that big jump up, they were at 89 cents, jumped all the way up to $13 and some odd cents. Big jump up, they come back down. And if there was a real reason, like real evidence for that jump up to 13, then it would have stayed right around 13. It came back down because... I, I don't know. I'm just I'm just wary of it. There is a lot of buy-in, and I don't see numbers. I didn't get a chance to look at some actual numbers as far as how much cash on hand they still have, free cash flow, things like that. Are they taking out loans to buy, make all these buys? Is it good debt? Is it bad debt? That would be some of the questions I have. That would be some of the things I would look at. Like, where are they coming up with all this money to buy this? Is it from profits? If it, is it, it's not from profits, I'm okay with a company not being profitable right away. As long as they're taking that money and they're investing it in something that's actually going to grow the mm -hmm. company and the business. If you're just buying up other companies and that's all you've well, done, I, I'm kind of yeah. wary of that myself. And I, I, I want to see something else that you've done you know, to, to actually grow this or are you just trying to consolidate the market into one company? And then, just real quick, here's here's one of the other risks here. So brand new industry mm -hmm. to the United States. Well, it's not brand new industry to the United States, but it's a newer industry to the United States as far as legalization goes. And we're starting to get on that path of legalization, which is great. But once you have a relatively new industry, by the time it matures... The amount of money that is destroyed and value, well, I shouldn't say money, but the amount of value that is destroyed in that organization is usually greater than what the organization winds up being worth. So you're going to have a lot of companies come and go in this, uh, you know, in the weed market, so to speak. Um, and you really run that. If you're trying to pick the winners here, you really could go bro broke easily. Yeah, it's very high risk. I, I stay away from uh, the cannabis industry. They had their real run about three, four years ago where they just all skyrocketed up and then they all fell from grace. That, yeah, um, and what... now, you know, you got some that are still going, Canopy Grove, Tilray, Aurora Cannabis. Those would be the, the, the best looking ones of the bunch right now. But that can always change. Yep. And it's, it's just too new of a, of a system for me to invest my money in. But if you want to... Go ahead. The ones I would look at, again, if I was going to invest in Canopy, would be the, like you said, Canopy Grove, Constellation Brands, Tilray, and Aurora Cannabis. Yep. But I'm not investing in cannabis, so there yep. you go. Well, if you're going to be in, 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 in Constellation Brands, is safest. You're not going to go broke with them. Okay. Next question. Listener wanted to know what we think about Robinhood stock at $34. IPO'd today uh, at 38 and it dropped. <laughs> 
I'm going to make this real quick, 15 seconds here. Um, I'm a big no on that. Uh, I'm not buying Robinhood that they make all their money off of selling uh, the transactions. They, they're, they're not profitable any other way besides selling transactions. And sooner or later, as soon as we hit a downturn in the business cycle, and as soon as we hit some kind of small recession, which we will eventually, that's how business cycle works. It's a cycle. And, and these small retail investors start losing uh, losing some money and they can no longer just throw money in the market and make a buck. You actually have to look at fundamentals, yep. do some analytics, uh, do what we do. Yep. Um, then the, they're going to drop out and they're not going to pay money for uh, trades. I'm concerned that they make the most of their money from options. And the reason being is that a lot of people that invest on Robinhood are brand new to it. And those people, when they lose their money, they may not come back. So, yeah, and, and yeah, exactly. I mean, if you have someone and they're trying to they're trying to get to be a millionaire by one month, you know, they're going to play options every single day and and try to hit that. And as soon as they lose their first one to five thousand dollars, because that's all they had to put in there, and you know, that they're going to be disheartened and discontinued. And you know, it's just it's sad to see, but I mean, that's where you get a lot of the uh, Robinhood uh, traders at. They're going to be discontinued. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, incorrect. You're We're done. Not having enough coffee today. There you go. Sorry, I apologize. All right, I rambled for 33 minutes. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been gone for so long. I could not wait to get back to this podcast. But uh, Dave, you do have some time, so <sighs> you're welcome. <laughs> thanks, thanks. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna have to really concentrate on what I want to talk about here. Uh, two, two main things. One, and, and then one listener uh, question from, from me. Um, First main thing I want to talk about has to do a little more inflation. You kind of touched on it earlier when you were talking about Apple. So the GDP numbers came out today. Uh, GDP came out and it was 6.3. That was much lower than expected. The Fed central tendency forecast was forecasting going forward with 6.3 to 6.8 to 7.3 is what they need, right? Mm -hmm. Um, They were expected actually to do an 8.4. For this past quarter of the number that came out today so 6.3 is well below what was expected by the street and so that that was disheartening alone but the fed the fact that the fed is putting such a not a high target but a target that we're not hitting right now up there and i think that we're still not hitting so even as a gdp number comes in for this quarter i don't think we're going to hit as well and my concern is the feds putting out those numbers because they have to pay for the spending we did and, and we're still we're not, doing. And yeah, and if we're not gonna hit that GDP numbers, how are we gonna cover the the difference in there? You know, are we gonna do uh, have to you know take out more uh, debt, and are we gonna still can do QE? Because I mean, if our GDP is not hitting, I mean, I'm worried about the QE, and then that causes more inflation. It causes a recession. You know, where do I put my money in those cases? I keep talking about the fall of this year is critical. Right, I said we're going to be fine. Nothing's going to happen major in the economy until the fall of this year, and and those numbers are, you know, looking at the GDP number came out today. I'm not optimistic anymore. I'm not even cautiously optimistic. You know, I'm starting to become pessimistic. Well, here's you know the funny thing. This is what is called, I think, the zero interest rate trap, and in that investors are so addicted to these low interest rates that. Terrible GDP growth numbers is good news for them because that means that the Fed's going to keep feeding them. It's not terrible number, though. I, I wouldn't say it's terrible number. I would say it's it's less okay. than expected. Okay. 
Well, so that's what we yeah, need. not terrible, but okay. Point taken. But uh, you know, not so good GDP number, and then the market, you know, takes that as good news because they yeah. think the Fed's going to keep feeding them, and it that's just so it's just so perverse. It's such a perverse incentive to provide people. It's kind. It's pretty scary, in my opinion. It it is. Um, Anyways. Yeah. I just want to get that thought out there so people get to think about that. Again, I, I'm looking at the fall as a turning point one way or another uh, for the economy. So we'll see how it looks come this fall. Uh, other thing I want to spend a little bit more time on was the Amazon. Let me let me get ready to throw some numbers at you, Brandon, since you've been throwing numbers right and left at me. It's, it's about my turn, right? Yeah. Amazon came out with some numbers today. They had a... Uh, Top line number reported of 113 billion for the quarter. Um, estimated was at 115 billion, so they made two billion less than that. Um, they uh, they anticipated quarter three to be 106 billion to uh, maybe 112 billion, but Wall Street was expecting them to come out and give guidance of 118 billion. So again, less than that. Free cash flow fell to $12 billion. Operating margin was around 6.8% operating margin. Now, the services sales was at $55 billion, right? Yep. That's important because I'm going to get back to it, the services. We're going to talk about Amazon Web Services, AWS. It's also what it's called, but Amazon Web Services. It's cloud-based uh, computing. It's servers for companies, that kind of thing. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But this is also, keep this in mind, this is the third $100 billion quarter in a row for Amazon, right? <laughs> wow. Right, right. And so we have 37% cloud revenue growth. Again, that's the Amazon Web Services, the AWS. 37% cloud revenue growth. That's part of that services sales of $55 billion. On, on top of this, so we have the services, you know, uh, growing tremendously. Amazon's core, uh, core business has always been retail. But online retail, that's that's staying consistent, but a little down, a little less than what they thought. They're looking to buy MGM. So they're looking to, you know, really, they're not only did they have Amazon Prime right now and their own TV shows and their own movies. Now they're actually looking just to buy a, uh, a, a movie um, company, if you will, of MGM and, and take their content with them. So Amazon is... Uh, Try. I think they 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 reached their, their peak in the in North America as far as the retail aspect. Uh, they have opportunity to grow more. Yes, they do. Brick and mortar, right? Um, well, I mean, you got Whole Foods. They're yeah. growing with Whole Foods in the grocery. Ad, that added some business. They're looking at services as as an area to growth. I still, I, they took a big drop after the bell because of this. Um, the the lower guidance. Uh, they're still killing it, guys. I'm, I, $113 billion top-line number. I mean, you're, you, they had an earnings per share of $15.12. They're still profitable by a yeah, ton. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, and, and trust I don't know. rates I mean, are still it's up, real, real it's up low. 103% from yeah. last year. It's, give yeah. me a break. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I saw it, and I don't know where it's at right now, but I saw it was down near $3,400. And I... I still maintain my uh, idea that this is going to go above $4,000 by the end of the year. So, um, especially with the holidays coming up, yeah, I think it's a buy. So, a couple, one more thing, too. A couple, actually, two more things to add into this. 
They just had a new CEO take over. This is the very first quarter of earnings for the CEO. Much of the talk today on CNBC, Bloomberg, or, or Fox Business, wherever you listen to your business, Cheddar probably had the same thing. I don't know. I didn't follow Cheddar. But most of them were all saying that Amazon uh, did not beat earnings and they lowered guidance because they have a brand new CEO and they don't want to set the bar too high for them. I doubt that's that was, true. That was some of the that was some of the chatter out there. I doubt. Well, well let's do worse this time around. Uh, yeah, no, that's not good. No, <laughs> that's a terrible idea. It, to me, it's a terrible idea as well. I mean, the, this guy's coming from your uh, uh, AWS, the Amazon Web Services division. So it's it's someone inside Amazon, and I think they're gonna uh, because he's he got promoted from that position. Maybe they're gonna have more of a look on the services and the sales of services. And cloud-based. I mean, it's already grown so much. Are they going to continue with that? Yeah. Well, there's no way that Jeff Bezos is is not handing over this company to somebody that he groomed himself to take this position and take the lead on it. This, I mean, Amazon is Jeff Bezos' baby. He's not going to hand it over to somebody who's incapable. Exactly. Yep. And I just see that they're just going to grow more into uh, overseas and you know, maybe some of these other uh, Amazon-based uh, type uh, companies in overseas will be the competition, or maybe they even buy some out. Maybe see a a, a Bob Amazon merger at one well, point in time in the next ten years. They've moved into South Korea, so they're encroaching into Asia. There you go. See. Yep. I don't know. I think I think I buy off the dip. Um, they might dip again tomorrow, though, so I might wait and see where this is headed. Uh, they might have a down day tomorrow. Um, but I'm definitely looking at an opportunity to get in on Amazon. I just don't know when. I'm not ready to call it yet. But that's definitely oh. one that, that crossed my radar today it was, it was with very, their earnings. It was very tempting to me today. I almost did in after hours. I almost pulled the trigger on it, but I'm waiting to. Seriously, man. I mean, top line number of $113 billion? Wow. Give me a break. How much money do you need to make? Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to make a trillion dollars here five years, and that's going to be their, their quarter one. One trillion dollars. Oh, I don't know. That's not enough. Let's sell. So, anyways, the uh, um, this was actually on the podcast last week. Mark Stanelli asked me to look at Land L A N D L A N D Land is the company. This is a real estate right, but it's a different kind of real estate right. He wanted to go with a different twist on this. We covered the rights, the REITs, whatever you want to call them, REITs, mm-hmm. rights. Um, last week, real estate investment trust. For them. Yeah, uh, this one is more of land and farmland. So let me give you a, a little little taste of what they do. The latest acquisition by them, they bought 930 gross acres of land in, in Michigan. Approximately 480 acres of that was uh, to grow blueberries, which they signed a 15-year lease agreement with a blueberry company in Michigan to lease out that land. So they're already making that land profitable and it's a 15 year lease so they have a, a good chunk of uh, money coming in for the next 15 years on that wow REITs or rights uh can be very hard to to judge nowadays especially with the they used to be a lot of commercial office space or uh small strip malls if you will uh, of places and nowadays with you know a lot of the work from home and other ways of doing business 
as we move to a metaverse and everything's going to be virtual, you just put on your headset and see a doctor, right? Um, I, I, you know, those are kind of scary. And with uh, ones like NYMT, that's all New York based, right? That one's kind of scary with, with a lot of people leaving New York City and a lot of uh, questions marks about the future of that. But this one's all farmland, Brandon. It's all farmland. I've never seen it all farmland right before. What do you think? Thoughts? Quick. I know you haven't had any time to look at it, but just off the top of your head, 30 seconds. My thought is how much of the farmland that they own right now did they buy pre-COVID versus now? Because food supplies and things like that, the prices are going up. So if, if they're buying right now, especially land prices, land prices right now going right up. If they're buying a lot right now, that's that's a little iffy because the prices are so high. But if they've already owned the land for quite a long time, then that's a good thing, right? So, I don't... <laughs> my, my thoughts aren't fully formed on this one gotcha, yet. Gotcha, gotcha. So. No, no, no. And, and, and as far as any REIT or right, I kind of stay away from them now. I, I, there was a time period where... I, I would play these uh, right along with all other stocks. And maybe I thought about them for long-term investments, but then I, I've seen them go bust. Well, they've, I've seen them go, you know, and I've seen too many of them go bust over the years. And I just, I stay away now. I it, just stay away. This company has been around since 1997. So it's, it's not a new company by any means. So, I mean, if they're selling what they own right now, then I'm bullish. I, I, they just took a big a gap up. Um, I'm not buying right now. I would look and see if this drops before I would look and get in. So what what I'm seeing here, Brandon, and this is a comment thread of anybody who gives us a, hey, can you take a look at this stock? It's ones that have taken big gap ups. Yeah. So these stocks have only come across your radar because they took a big jump up. They came across the market movers and whatever stock app you have. And, and you're looking at it, which is great because it means you're starting to do your research. You're starting to look for stuff. So the thing to look for is to find stocks before they do the big gap ups. You may have to hold longer term, and that's fine. Or don't look for anyone that's gapped up or down, something that, you know that's maybe channeling yeah. in a small 3% range, and you can make that 3% a week off of it. That's where I would look for in that, you know, Facebook at 149, wait for it to go down to 140, buy it, sell when it jumps back up to 149. Everybody's like, well, you're not making yep. that much off of it. But you are, you are. If you're heading at 5% a week, that's all yeah. you need to be wealthy and secure is 5% a week. Your sentiment should go up on a stock as the price drops. And instead, you could see this on stock twits so often, Sentiment follows price, which is backwards. So the price of something will go up, and then all of a sudden you'll see sentiments up like 5 6% on it. And then if it goes down, then sentiment goes down like 5 or 6%. But it should really be the other way around, right? Right. It, it's, it's a lot of people doing what I call chasing the dragon, man. They're yep. trying to chase the stock. They're trying to chase the, the high and see, if, oh, well, if it just jumped up 20%, it's going to jump at 20% next week. I'll buy in now. It doesn't work that way always. Right. And most of the time, it doesn't. No. Only very rarely, and that's recently with GameStop and like AMC did, but those both came back down. And, and you know. Black Swan moments anyways. That, uh, 
you're going to be wrong more than you're going to be right trying to find the next AMC or GameStop. Yep. So just stick to the, to the nice, easy 5% a week, and you will make money. I got one announcement, and then we'll go into final thoughts. Uh, announcement for this show is a new time instead of Thursday nights releasing the podcast out for everyone to enjoy. We'll be releasing the podcast out on Monday nights going forward, guys. Monday nights, look for the new time. Listen to us every every week. We'll give you our thoughts for the week and where we think everything's going to move. Or maybe we'll just cover some topics that are hot for the week. Who knows? We don't know. You don't know. But we're going to cover what we want to. Monday night's going to be the new time. This is the last Thursday show. Uh, maybe forever. Maybe for right now. Who knows? Brandon has Monday, Monday, Monday. That's all I wanted to do. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, final thoughts, Brandon. Final thoughts. If you've been a long time listener to the show, you know that in the very beginning, the beginning of this show, I was bearish on airlines, and I have changed my thoughts on this because number one, I like making money more than I like being right, and number two, things have changed. So there you go. And hey, are bonds still dead? Bonds are still dead. <laughs> that hasn't changed. <laughs> I that's if you guys don't know, go back and listen to our very first episode, and you hear Brandon talk about bonds are dead over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, my final thoughts for tonight: Amazon. I'm looking at it. I'm watching it. I'm waiting for it. To, I think it might dip down again tomorrow before I get in. I stay away from rights, reads, whatever you want to call them, but uh, some of them might work out. It's just take your time, do your research, make sure you're you're really looking into these things. And I am. Unfortunately, I am. I have been a bull for decades. I am looking bearish going into this uh, fall. Yeah, I'm just. I don't know. I'm seeing too many signs. I don't know. First time. First time for everything, right? Who knows? I may change my mind in the next couple of weeks with more news. It's not. It's not a bad idea to have twenty percent of your cash sitting on the sidelines right now. It's really it, not. Exactly. Exactly. If nothing else, you could use that cash to lower your cost basis on other stocks and mm -hmm. and maybe make some more money. So. We hope we've been entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Thank you for listening to Chinchilla Podcast. Follow us on Instagram. Have a good day.